0: Welcome to Conscious Curiosity SD, where successful leaders share their stories of leading beyond profit and are using the influence of business to positively change the companies and communities we all work and live in. I'm your host, Jeff Blanton from Jailbreak Leadership, a process to help leaders fully engage all their stakeholders by making work meaningful. We want to thank our sponsors, a collaborative community of San Diego business organizations, the Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism, and Be Local, who are all focused on supporting this next generation of leader. Welcome to the show. The Torch Awards is the most prestigious honor the Better Business Bureau presents to businesses that demonstrate an outstanding commitment to integrity and ethical practices. Our guest today, Ian LaCour from Baker Electric Home Energy, is going to share the inside scoop on how Baker Electric not only won this impressive award in 2021, but also in 2019 and was the international winner in 2017. And also, when they're not winning, they've actually been the finalist on every other year since 2014. This goes along with a whole list of other awards like Best Place to Work in San Diego. But let us not forget, we are capitalists. And Baker has been recognized both locally and nationally multiple times as the fastest growing company in their sector. So that's quite the list of uh, awards and accomplishments. So, Ian, welcome to the show. Jeff, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Ian LaCour is the vice president and general manager of the PV division at Baker. Ian, I'm excited to hear about the Baker way. I know that's a kind of set of values that drives the whole organization but to get started, we want to know you, the audience. Who, who's this guy? Who's Ian? So maybe give us a little bit of your story. Obviously, got a little bit of an accent, so uh, didn't start the program here. So, how did you get here? What's your career look like? What's the defining moments? How'd you end up at Baker? Just give us a scoop on Ian. Wow. Uh, you got two
1: hours? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, of course. Go so, for it. So, yeah, I mean, I do want to spend most time talking about uh, Baker, the Baker Way. And, you know, to win those awards means a lot to us as an organization, the entire organization. But a bit of a backstory on me, I started off in, uh, in Power Tools actually, uh, way back when I was working for Black & Decker DeWalt, started in Australia and I think there's been a trend I guess throughout my uh, career and always looking for something, something that's more meaningful, something that means a little bit more. So I remember a few years in, you know, work was going alright and decided I wanted to do something different, something more so... You know, up and left and wanted to go, I said I was going to go teach English, actually, in Indonesia. I'd done it a few times casually and wanted to, you know, make a, a bigger thing out of it. At that point, though, uh, that's where and Decker, DeWalt said, hey, if you're going to go travelling, then why don't you come to this wide, wonderful place called, uh, called America? You know, as a young kid, too good to pass up. I How old up, were you at that point? Uh, well, I was probably 23, I think, 24. Okay, ready for an adventure. Yeah, so it was It was exactly that. It was a management training program. So I had the resources of a large company behind me and, you know, do all the traditional training programs. But at the same time, got to, you know, spread my wings and uh, look around the world a bit. So I ended up, uh, had a choice of multiple cities, ended up in the end in, in San Diego. Good um, choice. It was indeed. Stuck around here and actually met my wife, and then eventually transferred back to Melbourne. Again, I, I think you know, looking to do something more. Work was going well, career was going well, but it, at the ultimate, you know, we were just providing power tools to someone. Right. It, it, well, right. it wasn't, you know, we weren't really setting, you know, the the world on fire on, you know, changing, you know, the planet that we lived on. So trading some time for money, it's yeah. all good, paying the bills, but yeah, that was it, correct? Yeah. And it was very much it. We, my wife and I, uh, we jumped in the truck and drove around Australia for about 18 months, kind of pondering what we wanted to do and where we wanted to go and ended up in my hometown. But about, you know, maybe a few weeks out, started to really think about what we wanted to do and actually read an article in the local newspaper at the time on um, solar and how it was a burgeoning business, you know, from a financial standpoint, and then, but also the difference that it was making to this one particular community. And it wasn't really so much at that point an environmental thing. It was more about it's making a difference to the stability of the power in, in that area. Okay. So, so made the decision that's what I wanted to get started and got stuck in uh, get into, and, and went and knocked on a few doors and, and found a place that uh, I started the next week, I believe. Nice. What did your wife end up doing? She uh, found, i got to trigger the memory there, she actually started uh, working in a training program. So training for mining, uh, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, putting training programs together. She liked that for a while as well. And back and forth again, we, we enjoyed it. The company I joined was a distributor. We were looking at that point. It was a good experience looking to go public. They were then bought out by the, lar- the sorry, their largest supplier, which was an American-owned uh, company uh, somehow. And quickly I figured out that I didn't want to stay on board for a, um, a U.S. Um, a uh, NASDAQ-listed company, all the stock exchange rules, mm. and you know all the formalities that came with that. So again, uh, my wife and I, Cindy, we flipped and we went and uh, spent a year uh, studying teaching. Actually had the idea. We'd, we wanted to go work remotely in Aboriginal communities within Australia. And again, the whole idea of doing something different or something to give back to the community. During that period, my wife got uh, pregnant for our first son, It starts to change things. It did, you know, the whole medical in in the communities that we were looking at, the medical, it wasn't. (laughs) Quite different. It (laughs) wasn't what, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. So we made a switch and I I ended up back with someone that I'd worked with previously, who was on a fast growth uh, trajectory uh, with solar in Australia. Different though, business to consumer, which I found I loved. It was like uh, making differences, you know, one household at a time, instead of trying to like the distribution model. And you um, actually saw the customer versus the it's saw, a kind of a grander story. Correct. More so, of a direct effect. You saw the customers and the families and the results that, you know, your product was having on them. You know, there's nothing better than a referral. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not because it, it's generating income, but because it, you've, it. a referral only happens when someone's happy with the service that's provided. And, and that, I guess, I, I took lessons in that 100%. In that company, a lot more involved on the business side of end up being general manager in there and running the business. At that point, two kids in further along, and it was time to move back to the US. Did want to stay in solar, but my first experience of solar in America was, the, was at the Del Mar home show, and it was crazy. I mean, there were so many vendors there. Everybody was just selling their schlag, and it was, there was no consistency. There didn't seem to be any integrity. Who are these people? Who can I trust? Needing like, an impact piece uh, it was, <laughs> it was it, not it, there. No, huh? it was kind of scary. It's like, is this the industry that I really want to be involved in? And I think, again, that's an important, you know, later on as we talk about where we are with Baker and, and you know, winning the Torch Awards. And winning Torch Awards, I think it's a... a Ticken itself, obviously, is a prestigious award. But to do that in an industry that is kind of renowned for a lot of people just in there to make a fast buck, it does stand aside. So, you know, I would imagine if I'd met Baker at that particular point in time, having a reputable conversation, it would have been an easier transition into solar in the US. In the end, I went through channels, people that I knew. I was looking for that company with integrity and not... The brand, the image, but then the people that I met and, you know, who were they? What was their story? In the end, was referred to Baker and sat down and had a meal with Mike Treso and uh, Brian millet and, uh, yeah, very impressed. They were pretty open. I said they don't have anything at that particular point in time. Uh, so I went and uh, worked for Solar city who uh, was bought by Tesla. Great experience. But I guess, I, again, I didn't see that, there was no real cultural fit. There was no real feeling. Everybody was in, the whole organization was all about growth, but only for growth's sake. There wasn't a greater cause. There wasn't a greater. There wasn't fear. a bigger vision of some sort of where this was supposed to take. Right. <laughs> so, you know, extremely high turnover. And in the end, you know, my role was more about hiring and just continually to hire and churn. So then I I did get a call back from Mike, uh, you know, six, nine months later or whatever it was and perfect opportunity. I'm in. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. You know, what's (laughs) the role? Okay, I'm in. (laughs) And, you know, that was eight years ago now and it's been an amazing journey. Really good to be, you know, to be a part of it, but also to watch, right, to watch an organisation continue to grow and still have fast growth that I've mentioned before, that's the industry that we're in, but being able to maintain that. I guess the what's right? new maintain our our identity, and that identity being really in tune with our reputation and and who we are and how we got there. So the history coming in, and, and then where we want to go in the future, and a, you know, a clear understanding of we want to go forward, but not at the expense of all the good work that's been done by you know, uh, Baker's a fourth generation. Yeah, so fourth generation, right? right? So yeah, that's so huge. huge. So the next step forward is not to eradicate the footsteps of the people that have, you know, the the footprints that have, those that have come, you know, previously. Um, So you know, if I look back on the career, there's been lots of chopping and changing. And I never, before you asked me to sit down, I I never really thought about that path or what I was looking for. And the whole idea of looking for, uh, um, you know, something that's giving back, I think ultimately this is a business. I'm not, we're not a charity. You know, we're providing a fair service that provides value to consumers, but the value or the give back that I get is actually, you know, being part of an organisation that does it the right way, being part of an organisation that looks after homeowners as well as employees and has the right intentions. Right, right. And that word's important. It's not always, we don't make the right decisions all the time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, right. but the intentions are right, yeah. and that's where I now I get I draw my um, inspiration from a work standpoint. So yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not on the search anymore. I found it, and now it's just continuing to improve it. So. Well, that's a great story, Ian,
0: because I mean. I think that's the case with so many people, but they don't have that drive to actually go make it happen what you did, right? I mean, people tend to sort of, like, they want that. They want meaning and impact at work, but then you kind of land somewhere. and You I, make, you, make I, you get the payday. i got to credit and, my wife for that. She pushed yeah. me. Yeah. Well, it helps yeah. to have a partner Does, that's willing yeah. to come along with you because yeah. sometimes, oh, it's all about the security, so just don't don't be thinking about changing jobs, yeah. Yeah. moving countries yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah. So um, I love the fact that, uh, yeah, the two of you pursued that. And my wife and I are kind of done the same thing. You know, it's like, you know, we came to San Diego for a reason. Than six years ago, and I often say it's like I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I was probably married to somebody else who was willing to let me try and find my thing, you know.
1: So 100% both ways,
0: yeah. yeah. 100%. Note the foul, audience, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have the right spouse if you really want to go live <laughs> a highly purposeful early, life.
1: Early good decisions, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. So now you're there, you made it, and uh, your role there.
1: So, what's your role in the business A general manager? Yes, yeah, what, so what, what does that look like? So, we have well first of all, there's Baker Electric uh, Home Energy, which is the company that, that I'm in a separate entity. and then there's uh, Baker Electric Inc, which is the you know the 85 plus year old electrical contractor. On my side, Baker Electric Home Energy it's, it's focused on business to consumer. It is you know primarily has always been about solar. A few years back we, uh, we it used to be Baker Electric Solar so a few years back we changed that to Baker Electric Home Energy so suddenly within that there are multiple uh, facets or multiple businesses so on my side uh, Vice President and, and then look at after the you know, I guess you'd call it the solar or the photovoltaic, uh, PV photovoltaics portion of that but you know year in year out that's getting larger so that now includes some solar definitely batteries and storage uh, roofing uh, generators and you know everything that's I guess, involved with the system. With that. Correct. Yeah. On the other side, then there's um, the HVAC and, uh, you know, a true service company and that's run by Teresa and then, and then Mike as uh, president oversees all of it. And then, the, you know, shared services whether it the remarketing uh, finance, et cetera. So. Okay, great. Great. So I want to talk a little bit about this whole torch awards.
0: And first I want to, I just want to share my experience with the torch awards. So I, you know, started doing the podcasts here at the BBB facility and got to know uh, the folks here and, and then I got invited to the, the awards last year where you guys were the winners. I'm here as part of uh, conscious capitalism and the whole idea that businesses should be thinking way bigger than just profit. And there's a higher purpose and all these kinds of good things. And I always like to say to people, I'm, I'm at this event. I go, if you had, I was blindfolded, I would have thought I was at a conscious capitalism event. Because that's the story I was there getting there talking about how they're using their businesses in a much grander way than just turning out a product or service and making money. Right. I mean, it was all about ethics and things that they had been doing in the community and all the things that, you know, yeah. allow you to win. So tell us a little bit about uh, what that means to you guys and tie that into this Baker way. Like how are you guys operating where perennially every year you're either winning, you're a finalist. How does that
1: all fit together for you guys? I would say, the torch award is a validation of what we already do, right? So the torch award hasn't changed anything for us, apart from being able to go back to our organisation and say, and to our customers and say, hey, you know, we believe in this thing that we call the Baker Way, and you know, our values and etc. But it's more than just a plaque on the wall. It is something that um, you know, a trusted org like you know, like BBB. Has looked at and said, "Hey, this is worth something," and uh, congratulations, and keep doing it. It's a validation. Hundred percent is a validation. We can win a fastest growth award. We can win a greatest volume award. uh, you know number one or number two in a region. You know market share, and that is uh, the result of sales, marketing, and. Um, you know, construction ultimately. the to win a torch award, it doesn't matter how big you are. I mean, there are categories, but yeah. it, it's it's to do with the way that your organization is working culturally. It's important to us from that, whether we have new people coming on board, whether we have we don't have a high turnover rate, so retention's good, and it's a pat on the back. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're you know you're answering the first phone call or putting the you know the final screw into a you know PV system. Is that quality or is that end feeling it's, it's doing something right um, and that, yeah, that everybody can be proud of. So maybe share a little bit of what, so what is the Baker way?
0: That's kind of your value system that you guys operate out of. I mean, maybe share a little bit what that looks like. And can, I,
1: can I say I don't know? Can yeah. I, know. I, could, I mean, I don't. <laughs> <It if> we, <laughs> when I started in um, 2014, You know, it was a phrase that was coined by, you know, the sales team and the marketing Mm, team. And, um, you know, over the years. It's it's catchy. Yeah, but everybody's got, we tried it, right? We tried putting it on, we've we've had it in television ads, we've had it on print, we've had it on uh, testimonials, you know, um, employee testimonials, and everybody describes it a little bit different. Okay, so what's your Uh, definition? How do you you embrace that? I would say, um, and I can share our values in a in a little bit, but I think it's the way that we do business is driven for the customers and for the employees. It doesn't mean that the customer's always right. That's not the meaning of it. It doesn't mean that the employee's always right. It means that you are in a complex business transaction. We'll, we'll install you know, 3,500 systems this year, 3,500 individual systems that are all different and have got to get through the organisation, the permitting, and the construction that's going to cause complexities. We've got, uh, you know, we'll have 350 people on staff interacting with each other and consumers. That's going to cause complexities. It's not a viewpoint that uh, we are right all the time. It's not a viewpoint that uh, we're perfect. But it is being driven by, I'm trying to think of what it is, the, the baker way is driving the way the decisions that we make. And it sounds, as I'm saying it, it doesn't, sound like it's tangible. But if you're sitting in a a meeting room, whether it be with upper management, whether it be with middle management, whether it be with anybody, and we're talking about do we do something, right? Can we uh, utilize this product that will decrease install time and increase profit? And it's not myself as the general manager, it is somebody else in the room saying, hey, is that the right thing for the customer? Doing the right thing is one of your... brochure, or is it the right thing for the customer? And then someone else will say, well, what about in eight years' time? How is that going to affect the people in the service department if they're getting phone calls in because that product hasn't held up? And it's doing the right thing, but it's one of our values that I think it ties back to more than anything else, and it goes back to, you know, the fourth generation company and and pride in that and, and, and having got to where we're at. And every... It's funny, every award that we win, so having multiple torch awards, it all builds to it because suddenly it's not just by chance, right? There's something that's a system that's working, so don't screw it up. And I think that's the uh, exemplify our reputation, right? If everybody in that room at that, uh, that meeting that I was describing, and, th- and that happened, maybe it was probably three, four weeks ago, a supplier came in and they did, they pitched us something that everybody else in the industry is trending towards using. And we made the decision, Pretty quickly, you know, come back to us when X, Y, and Z. Mm. And that wasn't, that's not by me. That's not my decision. That's the people in the company. I would say it's more about uh, exemplifying the reputation than it is doing the right thing, right? Doing the right thing will help to exemplify that that reputation. The way that we sell, the way that we're marketing, you know, are we using hidden text on the marketing, right? Or in the way that we install, are we worried about the profitability more than the end result, so it's that, and it's feeling prideful, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I was aware of yeah. this in my yeah. head was like
0: pride. Like, I it, mean, this was like, hey, I own this thing, right? Yeah. But, and having everyone. Yeah, owned,
1: not and, just, and they yeah. don't, everybody's responsible for exemplifying or upholding their reputation. I think, you know, when we were training earlier, it's a little bit like a, a sports team, right? And if, if somebody's out on their own and, um, you know, if you have an, an Odell or someone like that, and right, he might be a really good player, but if they're not upholding the values of the club, then ultimately they'll, they'll end up getting cut. And I, I think ideally through the hiring process or by, you know, the and it's not just me, everybody hiring in and saying, can we work with this individual and do they, will they share the same value set? And yeah, so that, I don't know if I've answered your original no, no, question. you, you here, did because I, I think uh, what you're describing
0: is really kind of the idea of, Yes, we're in this business, we sell this product, but collectively everyone's come together to say, we want to show up in the world in a certain way, right? Kind of back to your earlier search. I want to be involved with some people and things that A, the end product and all that means something, but how we do it means just as much. It's
1: important. So I think you have organizations that are, might be driven by marketing or by sales. And I think we are a very by nature of the industry, are we're very sales and marketing driven organisation, but not to the extent of putting something out there that the guy on the roof in ninety five days can stand behind, right? Or the guy that is doing the a, a uh, you know a closeout or a, you know a handoff has to feel uncomfortable that that expectation of the customer wasn't met because of a marketing message or, or a salesman having said all that. I mean, it happens, but it's not that in, the intent is good. And right. that's, that, it is really through the whole organization. So. Right. So that's very much uh,
0: the idea of, uh, the stakeholders, every stakeholder is, you know, needs to win in the situation, right? Yeah. From the employee to the customer to, you know, your suppliers and everyone yep. else. Right. So, uh, In fact, that's one of your things I got written down here is win together. We're all winning, right? So
1: that happens. Good things happen, which leads to good reputation and business growth. You're spot on. It works with suppliers as well. Now, we want to go negotiate the best deal all the time. Right. Well, it's, again, I mean, it's have a business. To, it's a business, right? So, to. I mean, there's the capitalism piece of this, yeah, right? It, that, uh, you don't make a profit. You're not going to be here. Every sense yeah. matters. But on the flip side, if we're getting value from what else can we add back to you, right? As a supplier, okay, you want to come and walk the job sites, right? You want your product guys to come and talk to us? How do we make it more of a, you know, not just banging our fist and say, we need this. It's like, what do you need? What do we need? How do we make this work? And you know, ultimately those suppliers become great business partners as a result. So. so what do you see as being one of the
0: challenges in
1: trying just to maintain
0: that kind of philosophy? I mean, it's obviously been around a long time, but there, you know people come and go, so there's always this little evolution of things, even new generations uh, taking over. I mean, how do you ensure you maintain
1: this? Yeah, I think one of the um, challenges we have is that that culture by nature of, who we, of, of the companies built Right, the orcs built is sometimes resistance to change. Right, there are sometimes there's a new product or a new system or a new process, and it's not 100% dialed in, and it will never be until x amount of you know six months, twelve months, nine months down the track. And yet, as an organisation, we do need to stay up, you know, and be on the cutting edge. So that ability sometimes to operate under a less than certain conditions. It's harder for us as a result than I think some of the other orgs who are more happy to let it fly. Mm -hmm. So that's, as, you know, and our decision-making process can be harder. If we do believe and we do that, it's not just a top-down, hey, we're making a decision and this is what we're doing today. I mean, another great example with actually a really fun product and and one that we think uh, will be uh, really successful in the industry over the next, uh, you know, five to ten years The amount of frustration that we cause internally and the amount of, with our suppliers as well, because they're keen for us to utilise the new product, but we need to make sure that contractually is right, right? So are we protected as an organisation? Is the homeowner protected? Is the homeowner getting what we're we're saying that they're getting? And so that's our biggest struggle, is the change and understanding in most business situations, you do need to sometimes operate within a little bit of gray. Right. 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 If it was all black or white, I think, yeah, simple, (laughs) anyone could do it. Baker would love it, right? (laughs) But yeah, so they're operating in the gray and continuing to challenge the organization to do that. And that there is a way to do that and still, you know, maintain the Baker way. Change leads to
0: unknowns, the gray as you describe it, but still the reality of going, but we run everything through who we want to be. Correct. And how we want to show up in the organization. Yes. Maybe share a little bit, a little insight for the audience here in regards to, I mean, you're working in a very interesting industry from this life cycle of the world of uh, global warming and all these kinds of good things. So what's kind of going on here? I mean, what what do you see from your position? Are we heading in the right direction? Do we have some big hurdles to get over here from what you guys are trying to do? Uh, Just give us a little, some thoughts,
1: Ian, on what that looks like. I think... We are heading in the right direction, but there's going to be enormous change and there needs to be enormous change over time. I don't think there's any, well, there's not a coincidence, but it's, you know, it's not like we were the smartest people and it, you know, we had it all planned, but we were originally our Baker Electric Solar and then, you know, wanted to diversify and, and had this thought back then that there is a Baker Electric Home Energy and it's not so much about solar panels on your roof, it's whatever a system's going to look like. And... I think we're seeing it now, and I sat in on a presentation with uh, sdg e the utility the other day, on the way that demand for electricity in the state of California is going to be so significantly more than it is today. So then how does a, an old grid start to meet that demand? And then not only the, the pure demand, but the type of demand. All right. So if a high percentage of it is going to start to come from EVs, when is that demand going to be caught on? You know, what type of load is needed? How does that, how can a homeowner interact with rate right structures? And, and to, yeah, because we need to, we do need to work with the utilities and we have a strong grid presence or stability. But, you know, from our industry, we say, well, there is also, we believe, a, not the only way, but a, it needs to be a significant part of the mix for renewables. And that's from an environmental standpoint. And also just the pure. Uh, you know, uh, thought process that why would you produce anything and then ship it you know hundreds of miles to get to where you need it right why would you produce all the electricity out in out at sea or at a dam or you know in a, in a field when you can produce a good percentage of at least what you're going to use yourself directly on your right roof? right where you're at yeah hundred percent I think you know there's changes going on right now there's the California Public Utilities Commission is debating uh, net metering or net metering 3.0 is the way that solar residential solar interacts with the grid, and I I think what we've seen is there will be change, and that change is not necessarily good for our business, short term, but I, hopefully there is the change will come in a, in a gradual fashion or a fashion that will allow you know the economics to work but still allow the change that needs to happen. You know, and, you know, I g- agree with some of the things that do need to happen over time, but it maybe just doesn't need to happen in the next six months. Right. But hey, maybe, Oh, you know, we
0: got a great idea. Let's do it today. Right. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah,
1: so and maybe a two year period, a three year right, period. Right. I, understand I understand the unintended consequences of every change too. Right. Like do it at a pace that makes sense. Right. And we, I think at, but at that point it will become more about energy. Right. And not about, you know, it's all energy management. So you're going to have, from a solar perspective, you have the production, right, being the solar panels, you'll have the storage or the brains of the of the product, which will be the battery systems, and then you'll, you'll, tie in your, you'll tie in your EVs, you'll tie in your smart management systems, and ultimately that gives you the power, Jeff, in your hands to say, hey, this is the way I choose to use my electricity, mm. and, and this is the consequences of that. I may want it all now, and I may co- you know, more for that, or so I get to have ownership of how this thing's going to work and 100%. how much and, and and, I want to pay, and, and how, you, how and I want to run my life. And you actually get to see, you know, a lot part of that's the power of it as well. Actually. See how you're using and interacting with energy, right? Which is, uh, you know, so we get feedback, hundred percent, right? Also, you right. do
0: things differently. Good when job, you, yeah, good yeah. job. Right. I, I got to admit, like I slowed down my driving a little bit. Now the gas costs six dollars <laughs> and fifty cents, right? I mean, then, like, oh, you know, if I do uh, seventy instead of eighty, I mean, that's probably a good thing, right? Well, we're all doing that right now, <laughs> yeah, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> So now all of a sudden, I have a whole different view of my whole home, the whole structure. Everything is kind of going on, and yeah, how I, I think a little
1: differently. Yeah, there's something out there called virtual power plants, where you know, if you have enough of these systems, they don't need to act independently, right? So your system theoretically should be able to connect with a hundred other people, a thousand other people, and provide you know sustainable power over a period of time. React to market signals, therefore, you know, make money on it but also be, you know, stable and sustainable at the same time. We'll get much smarter about how we're doing it. Yeah, I think we have a, Australia was the same, and I think the US is the same as well. But if if you look at some of the European countries, there is this more idea of community. And, you know, what I have in my garage and on my roof is not just for me. That's very right. un-American, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Australia's the same, and and, and but I, I think it will move to that, right? Yeah. I, I think a lot of well, if people could it. understand why you do
0: it that way, right? Yes. I mean, back to you know, community yep. would be pretty powerful, right? Yeah, that's where the ideas are here, right? This uh, podcast is about community. How do we bring business together? and then use the influence of business to do positive things in our community. So it's well, yeah, same idea. We gotta we gotta become community. Yes, can't all be standalone heroes around here. getting to do what, everything I want to do. So as a, a business leader, what's keeping you up at night these days? What's uh, What are you looking at? What are you worrying about? What's kind of around the corner when you think about it? Got the economy. He's got a bunch of crazy warning lights yeah. going on. All kinds of stuff happening. So I what, mean what that, are you thinking about?
1: That on the short term on how how do we mitigate risk on, you know, with right. supply chain, inflation, um, and it's all there. It's all front of mind. Ultimately, if the organization is doing you know, moving ahead with the values, the Baker way, then that takes care of itself. But then it's, how how do we make sure that we do retain a profit? You know, if there is a downturn, then that we don't need to react severely to it, like we can push through. So that's the responsible portion of that. You know, there's the legislation that I mentioned, and again, not long, I'm not, I don't really have worries uh, midterm, it's really short term. And then how do we get over the bump and if that does occur? I guess my worries longer term is, is not so much a worry. It's how to take advantage of the opportunity that I know there will be there. So if we want to grow interstate, how how do we do that and you know, maintain? For example, the Baker Way that we talked about. It's pretty easy. We're one of the few ultra local solar companies of any size, and that's probably helped us to keep that culture really strong. So. You know, if we were to move it, you know, wherever it may be or you know, buy other businesses or integrate others in, then how do we suddenly share that message, share that yeah, story? That's yeah. um, And that, yeah, that's a concern because there is a feeling out there if we, if we wanted to expand into whatever it is, we've got to be able to place a flag, right? We don't want to just go and do it and then walk away in seven years' time. No, we want that to be part of the Baker family, the Baker way. And, you know, same with customers. You're doing business with us, then... This is what you get we're going to be here become part of the family right, right? When you, we're yeah. not going to do business and then suddenly in five years time we're not in that geographic area or business anymore so i love that
0: i mean that's all part of the story here right yeah that's, that's, that's why you're here that's why you are yeah. a winner yeah. <laughs> yeah. right once a couple kind of different view of what we're doing here it's not yep. a short term it's a long term it's about creating community family looking at it from that perspective and good stuff well ian believe it or not uh, we got to start to wrap this thing up so uh one big final thought, I mean, as uh, what you're doing today and where things are going, I love your story of, I mean, you've kind of followed your passion. You were looking for something grander and found your way to Praker uh, Electric here and bringing that all to fruition. So what's the big thought? What would you like uh,
1: people to kind of walk away with here? Well, just actually having talked through. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. I've, I've loved it. I had a great time. My pleasure. <laughs> I think you know, integrity, I guess. Uh, What are we looking for? And integrity, and it doesn't need to be an individual. It doesn't need to be, you know, Jeff or myself or someone say, hey, you have integrity. Does that organisation, does the organisation, does that brand have any integrity? And um, yeah, that's what I, you know, people could be inspired by anything. I believe it can. I believe it does. I think it, it goes a long way. Employee satisfaction, And uh, customer satisfaction and repeat business, so integrity, Jeff. All right.
0: Take that to the bank. That's a good one. Well, Ian, I want to thank you for taking the time to come to the show today and for sharing your uh, amazing experience, insights, and wisdom, and giving us the scoop on the the Baker way, or at least your version of the Baker way. I I actually kind of love the fact, like, it isn't some black and white thing. The idea is every employee, every customer really should embrace that and run that through their filter. So I loved your answer there. So uh, once again, thank you to you and to your organization and keep up the great work. And hopefully 2022 will be another Torch Award winning year for you guys. Jeff, much appreciated. Thank you. So that's our show for today. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe and comment. And most importantly, share the podcast with a friend. And again, I want to give special thanks to our community of business organizations, the Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism San Diego, and Be Local San Diego, who are all collaborating and using the influence of business to positively impact our very own community of San Diego. I am Jeff Blanton from Jailbreak Leadership saying, in the meantime, go do what you do. Go do what you do best, for we're all counting on you.